Welcome to the Black Music Scholar Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Phillip Johnson. Thank you for coming back once again. Let's get this thing started. I can't figure out which direction I want to go in with this podcast. But you know, that is indicative of my life. I got my hands in several pots. My wife uh, seems to think I can't sit still. But, you know, whatever. Let's see, right now, I'm working on three commissions. Uh, three choral commissions, um, which will be debuted 2023 in the first quarter. I'm also working on uh, a book, Survey of African American Music. Um, so I've got a lot going on. At the same time, I'm trying to do a podcast. <laughs> So I don't know if it's a YouTube video, it's a podcast, it's a combination of both. I thought I would do like Black Music Scholar podcast if you ever, if you want to see what that is. So I'm working with my students and we discuss the history of African-American music. Uh, and you could check it out, um, blackmusicscholar.com. So I've been doing that for a few years. And of course, I've been doing Catholic church music for close to 45 years, maybe. So I thought I would do, you know, two different podcasts. One that would deal with those two things separately. But then I was advised to think about doing one podcast and just be the black music scholar who does several things. And so I think I'm gonna go that direction. So today you're gonna um, get a taste of, I'm just, you know, here to share maybe my thoughts on various things and some of my creations over the years. Uh, the last podcast, I said I would um, talk to you about, you know, my early years in Catholic church music and recap for those who didn't hear, who didn't get a chance to see my first uh, offering, where I talked about being a youngster and being in the high school seminary and uh, just always being interested in music. I don't know, there wasn't a point at which I said, well, music. Like my parents didn't make me take lessons. Actually, my dad was a musician um, I was not aware of that while he was living. I discovered that after he passed and I was working on a master's degree doing my thesis on African-American music and lo and behold, my dad was a famous singer in the 30s and 40s and 50s, kind of played out in the 60s. When I was born, he was a janitor. And uh, if you want to check that out, my sister wrote a book called Willie T. That's available on Amazon because of course they said my dad was a bus driver because my dad didn't say much. They didn't know what happened to the great Willie T. Johnson. After he went in the Navy, he got out and, uh, you know, 
he had 11 kids, so he had to work. But um, so in my early years, you know, I just, he wouldn't teach me. My dad didn't teach, taught my, tried to teach my sister how to play piano. She was not interested. I just had always taken to it and uh, went to Transfiguration Elementary School where I learned how to play guitar. And by, it looks like seventh grade, I believe, I was playing and I shared earlier that I got a chance to play in Godspell at Sarah High School uh, in the Los Angeles area, which was my first awesome experience. I have some other stuff I'll share with you, but at any rate, um, I was a kid looking for, um, I had learned how to play piano and this was the beginning of gospel music, or at least um, in the Catholic Church with Vatican II, and we were to worship in our native genius was sort of the mandate of, of Vatican II. Um, and I just remembered, I just remember playing piano and uh, getting a job at Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church in LA, the baddest black Catholic church in the land. Of course, there's St. Bridget's, uh, better known for their awesome liturgies. At any rate, I'm not in a black Catholic church now, but I uh, grew up in one. And after I learned piano playing and gospel music entered into the Catholic church, I was hired as the pianist by a guy named Richard Cherie. You might know him, the Cherie family. Uh, his brother is a bishop in Louisiana now. Great Catholic musician, Richard Cherie. I believe Richard Cherie is instrumental in the uh, Like Conference that I'm not really sure since the pandemic you know, where anything is basically where we get together anymore, but certainly the light conference um, was playing a big part in the life of black Catholics uh, before the pandemic. So Richard hired me and he was a guitar player and choir director and uh, Celeste who had become, who would eventually become my wife was there, his assistant and singer and you know, assistant director and that's where I basically got my start holy name of Jesus Catholic Church um, and that was the jumping off point I think for my career in uh, as a Catholic musician because it was a powerful time it was a powerful time in the late 70s 80s um, for worshiping in the African-American genius and a lot of music uh, would be creative. I remember Sister Thea Bowman was active, Leon Roberts and the NOB, the National Black Office of Black Catholics would do a convention which um, we went to and um, sang, uh, got a chance to sing a song which actually got recorded at that convention so I was just lit I was lit up at that point and uh, I mean we were we were on fire Father Schmidt Father Schmidt was the pastor 
for, God, I think Father Schmidt was at that church for 40 years. I don't know if, if priests stay at churches that long anymore. But Father Schmidt was the pastor and, you know, we would see um, the evolution of black Catholics in a big way at Holy Name of Jesus. Uh, this thing took off. We had adult choir, children's choir. We were so on fire, you know, we were, people were coming to the church from the AME church. Um, in those days, we used to say we were getting fed, you know, you could get fed. Um, that was a big thing. I remember black folks talking about getting fed at mass, you know, so. Um, that ministry, uh, I believe I was, you know, late teens, 17, 18. I probably was there, of course, memory is not serving me, but at least thinking I was there 20 years or so um, doing ministry. And that's where I got my start, basically, and as a choir director and would eventually go on and teach at Verbum Day High School. Um, I didn't have a degree, but the Jesuits knew of my work at Holy Name of Jesus and invited me to come over and direct a choir at Verbum Day, which was a powerful experience, which led me to education. Uh, so I went to college. Um, after that, I was going to night school, Saturday school, raising a family, church musician. I would eventually um, graduate with my doctorate 10 years later. Um, in choral music. Um, so yeah, that ministry was on fire, man. We were giving retreats, taking people up to the mountains and um, praying together, hiking. We did a hiking retreat where you had to walk up the mountain to get to the retreat site. And I remember Yolanda, one of our choir members who was suffering um, an illness that had her in a wheelchair, but she insisted on going to that retreat, to the hiking retreat, and we're like, there's no way, Lon, there's no way you're gonna make it up up the trail, and you know, it's rocks and climbing, it's gonna take us a two hour hike. Yolanda said, I'm going, and she went with that wheelchair, and about 15 minutes into that hike, we determined that the wheelchair was not gonna make it. And so she got up out of that wheelchair and with the help of the other retreat participants, took that thing and they carried that wheelchair up that hike, two hour hike to that retreat site and Yolanda made it. And that was a retreat. We could have went home at that point. Once we, once we got there, people were in tears. Just the fact that Yolanda made it up that hill. Um, you know, we were just on fire as a community on fire as Catholic Christians, on fire for everything we were doing. Boy, those were, those were powerful days. So I think I'll, I'm gonna transition maybe, um, this as if you, if you didn't realize it yet, you know, this uh, podcast is basically about, you know, my role in Catholic worship. Um, I'm going to play some of the music that I composed. Um, and, you know, I was talking to a student of mine 
who uh, did a podcast with her because she um, got an internship in Los Angeles and we were talking about, she asked me, you know, when did you know you were a composer? And I thought, that's a great question because I don't know. I don't know. But I can't answer that. How I became a composer. Um, how I became a musician. It's the same answer. I don't know. Um, I'm just basically going to believe that I was, you know, put on this earth to do this. And it was God's doing. And, you know, as it turned out, it turned out pretty well. I can't really take credit for it. Uh, a lot of things in my life that happened, I'm not really sure how they happened, but they were good. And I chalk it up to the fact that, you know, God knew me before I was in my mother's womb and had destined me to do certain things. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful for that. And, uh, you know, with that being said, we all need to look to God in terms of trying to understand, you know, our mission in life, understand what it is that we were put here to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to, at this point, stop with the history and let you uh, listen to a couple of things that I uh, composed to share with the African-American Catholic community which um, some of it I'm currently doing uh, today. And this particular work is uh, entitled The Preacher's Mass. And I composed this at Our Lady of Lourdes in Atlanta. Um, Father Jeffrey Ott is pastor there. I spent uh, 15 years there with John Adamski as pastor, um, and we did, uh, that's basically, I talk about that in Uncommon Faithfulness. I wrote a chapter in that book, um, which basically talks about my experience in Atlanta at Our Lady of Lords. So this composition, um, I'm calling the Preacher's Mass, which I was dedicating to uh, Father Jeffrey and his order of priests. So, okay, so, we're going to start with the Kyrie, which, and I will say that uh, I wrote this piece as a simple chant. Um, you know, I wanted it to be very singable for folks at church, so I used the Latin text and the English text together. Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. Christe eleison, Christ have mercy. Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. So it's very uh, simple melody, pentatonic, uh, pentatonic melody. This using those, which is common in black music, a pentatonic uh, scale uses pentatonic scale, and it's a little soulful. So here it is, Kyrie eleison from the Preacher's Mass.
mighty God, haven't they? Yes, yes, the preacher's mass. That's the penitential act. I sing that at St. Gabriel's Catholic Church in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, I really didn't want to say that, you know, it's a white church because um, the color doesn't really matter. Um, but it is a white church. It's got some, you know, sprinkling of other colors. But I bring this out to illustrate and to discuss a point about our church. Our church is Catholic, but, you know, that's what the big C, okay. But the little C Catholic is what it's all about. The universal church, the, the, the Catholic, which means universal, okay. Um, I strive to create a music that's universal that that we can all enjoy. Have you ever been to, you know, I tried retiring from worship, <laughs> not from worship, well, actually, actually, I, I thought I would retire um, from being a church musician. And there was a period where I was looking for a church home and I was, even looking outside of the Catholic Church. And one thing that I noticed was if the church, if I wasn't vibing with the music, it was just like, no matter whether it was a good preacher, whether I was feeling, you know, it's just like I would not, there was, you know, I would not go to the church if I was not feeling the music. And I just, you know, want to point out that even though I'm at a white Catholic church, primarily white, um, I, I do, I do the Preacher's Mass, the Kitty I've done that. Um, maybe in other podcasts or at other times, I'll show you some other stuff that come out of the African-American tradition that has really blessed the church because of its universal nature. I always think of Michael Jackson and how universal his music was. So God really gave black people that gift of universality of expression. If you just look at the history of music in America and the creations of black people, creations of the, you know, made by the slaves, creations made by the, you know, uh, the sharecroppers, and we could just go through the genres, you know, the folk music and the black people creating the banjo, you know. And just, you know, we just got to get our history straight because even the banjo that was created by African-Americans, you say, well, you hear it today in bluegrass and what have you, and you just don't associate it with black people, you know. But in, the, in my studying and the survey of all these genres of African-American music, God really blessed uh, our church and blessed our country and the world um, with African-Americans creating these this music that can relate to all people, the Catholicity, if you will, the universal nature of our music, music which speaks to all cultures. Now, had that being said, I sing the certain portions of the mass at my church, but here's one that I just haven't 
brought myself to be able to sing yet. Maybe I'll sing it one day. This is the Holy, Holy, Holy from the Preacher's Mass. That was the Holy Holy from the Preacher's Mass, and the Glory to God is similar. I haven't sang that one either at St. <laughs> Gabriel, uh, and we'll see. Maybe I will one day. Um, I was asking some of the singers Sunday if they wanted to sing it. They were like, well, Doc, maybe we'll just wait, because we don't have a drummer um, since COVID, so we didn't. Like, just wait till we get a drummer so we can get that beat straight. <laughs> Um, actually we sang it I believe we sang it on Easter just because I was like ah, I'm going to sing it um, and it was mixed it was mixed some people you could look on the faces and tell some people loved it and um, some people not so much but Father Vu who's the who is the pastor of St. Gabriel he liked it and that was good enough for me. He expressed to the congregation how that was the Easter spirit that he was looking for and that we should, you know, be joyful and give glory to God, give glory to God. Um, and so, I don't know. The music, the music is universal, yes. Um, so to bring a black idiom into, a, you know, into a white church, I think one has to, um, you know, just be sensitive to cultural expectations and experiences and not, um, I often said, you know, I'm not black on purpose. I'm just, I happen to be black and I've always been Catholic. So, you know, um, I say that to say it works the other way too, because, um, you know, there was some music that I would do back in a day that I still to do today, but I sing it um, from my experience. I don't, just because it was, it was written by the St. Louis Jesuits 
doesn't mean that it has to be plain. So we can and and you got to be true to, um, you know, what God is dealing with you. You know, if if I'm singing something, I need to, I need to sing it, um, you know, in my native genius. So I'll give you an example of something like. Take our bread, we ask you, take our heart, we love you, take our lives, oh Father, we are yours, we are yours, yours as we stand at the table you set, yours as we eat the bread our hearts can't forget. We are the sign of your life with us yet. We are yours, we are yours. Take our bread, we ask you take our heart. We love you, take our lives. Oh Father, we are yours, we are yours. Those of you that have been around for a minute remember that song from back in the day. Uh, still in the word and song hymnal, um, I am the bread of life. Um, we are one in the spirit. They'll know we are Christians by our love. I do it, I love it all. I do it within a soulful, natural, in that way, and it works. And I'm just grateful um, for the opportunity to serve all people, not just black folks, um, all of God's people, all colors. So I'm, I'm just thankful. I want to share with you um, a song, and this is being this is sung by Father Jeffrey Ott. He's leading this. This is the Our Father, and this was written at Holy Name of Jesus, the church I told you about that I grew up in. Um, I wrote this, and this is comes from the Mass of Saint Catherine Drexel. So the Catherine Drexel Mass.
from every evil, and grant us peace in our days. And in your mercy, keep us free from sin and safe from all distress as we wait in blessed hope for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom. Our Father from the Mass of Catherine Drexel, um, which was composed at Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church in Los Angeles. If you're ever there, um, check out Holy Name. I'm sure they still have it going on. And if any of my old Holy Name folks subscribe to the podcast, hey y'all, um, it's been a minute. But as you see, not much has changed from uh, with me, and I still love you to death. Um, that being said, as I listen to the music, I, I just am overwhelmed by the memory of those experiences and how valuable they were in my development as a person of faith. And I hope that as we deal with this time post-COVID or still in COVID or whatever that we're dealing with and, and we've been separated, you know, I hope we just don't get used to that. I hope we don't, um, you know, begin to prefer separation because I know that where two or three are gathered that God is in the midst. And I'm so thankful, you know, this music just took me back to Holy Name and to several times when, when we were together making a joyful noise. And I, it's my prayer for all of us that we can continue to have faith in one another and continue to value moments that we can spend together when we're not, you know, told that we had to do it, but we do it on our own accord to come together, not to be in the house of the Lord, wherever, in your family, you know. I'm sure there's families that... <laughs> My dad and mom had 11 children, and um, we don't see each other much, if at all, anymore. And that's, that's you know, we got to do better. So if, you know, your family's like that, just continue to be positive and continue to pray for one another and continue to um, try to live as God would have us live in spite of, you know, the wars going on, the foolishness, what's the lie, what's the truth. 
this side, that side, separation, you know. Um, people slapping each other, talking crazy, you know, on the internet, everybody talking crazy. But, you know, it takes an army of saints. Not that anybody's perfect. Army of people trying to do good. Army, army of people who are not judging one another, who are not so hard on themselves, who trust there's a power greater than any of us who, who because of that reality, everything is going to be all right. So on that note, I thank you for coming to the podcast today. I'm going to end today. I talked about uh, my dad. So I'm going to end today um, with this song. You know, we think it's bad. And we, it was pretty bad for them folks <laughs> when Noah told them, you know, Noah told them that the rain was coming. I want to share with you a piece that I picked up today. And y'all just be blessed and uh, listen to Willie T and uh, the Golden Gate Quartet. They were on the radio. I just want you to, I just, I picked it up today. It caught me by surprise. I just love it. And uh, I'll see y'all on the next podcast. Peace. Just all kinds of American weather tonight, but we haven't said anything yet about the biggest event in the history of world weather. It's a story of the granddaddy of all weathermen. He prophesied the weather only once, but when he did, he made the barometer look sick. That miraculous meteorologist was old man Noah. Back where the Golden Gate Quartet comes from, they tell his story in sermon and spirituals. And right now, I'm asking Willie Johnson to preach that sermon for us. Willie Johnson, the Golden Gate Quartet, and Joshua White with his guitar. Children, I'm going to speak to you tonight on the subject of old man Noah. I want you to stop and listen while I tell you about the great flood that came to wash away the sins of the world. I'll tell you what Noah said to God and what God said to Noah. Noah, it's a bad world, a violent world. And I'm going to make a flood and wash it clean. Yes, children, that's just what the good Lord said. Mm -hmm. And just like he said, he done. And he told old Noah, listen. Children, stop still and listen to me. God walked down by the briny sea. Beheld the evils of sinful man and declared that he would destroy the land. He spoke to Noah. Noah stopped. He said, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. I want you to build it big and strong. Build it 300 cubits long, 50 high and 50 wide. I want it to stand the rain and tide. And there's a whole Noah. You there, Jeff? I say, is you there, Jeff? Yes, sir. You heard what the Lord said? Yes. Now, I want you to get your brother's ham and sham and get down in the bottom. Yes, sir. I want you to get me out some wood for this year ark. 
I want you to get me some gopher wood. Yes. I want some wood that will float in all this water that's going to come. Yes, sir. You know how long to cut it? He said 300 cubic. You know how wide? He said 50. You know how high? He said 30. Great God, I got 120 years for the building. 120 nails to drive. But look out. I done got me a rainbow sign. Oh, my hammer. Hammer rain. Oh, my hammer. I go the marching through the bottom, hammer ring. I go marching through the bottom, hammer ring. Find to ring, go the hammer, hammer ring. Find to ring, oh hammer, hammer ring. Holding over had a hammer, hammer ring. Well, no, God Almighty, so old Noah worked, and all the sinful people, and the sinful people gathered around, and they made fun of old man Noah. They call him a fool all over the land. Oh, man, we'll get the water, fill that boat, Bill. Oh, man, that ain't no boat. That's just a barn with the roof on the bottom instead of the top. He says it's going to rent up from now on. Well, well, well. Well, 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 old man Noah, old man Cavill didn't pay him no mind. God done give him the rainbow sign. God done told Noah for the sketches plan and to take courage. Gonna build me a nicer world. Mm, what you gonna do today, good Lord? I'm gonna prove it to the world that I'm God of all power. God Almighty can open when no man can shut. God Almighty can shut when no man can open. God Almighty can ask when no man can answer. He was attending to the flood. I want you to build up the walls of the sea. Let the water come down just like a flood. Let the water bellow up like a mountain. Gather up the scattering pieces of clouds and drive them in a solid mass to the sea. When I heard Jehovah say... Water's rising. Great God, he dipped his tongue in the rumbling thunder. Water's falling. My God, a baby's eyeballs in the zigzag of lightning. Water's got up by the sills of the door. Almighty, they tell me that they grabbed the young'uns and the husbands and went running on up to the upper floor. But when they got there, they couldn't go no high. Then they tell me that they looked out of yonder and they saw the old lock coming a bobbing and a weaving. Great God, the same old lock that they call old man know a fool about. They tell me that they began to sing and to cry. your ox sail is away. But great God Almighty, they tell me that Noah said, no! No! Great God from Zion, you remember one 120 years ago, you called me a fool all over the land and the country, but today I'm bound for Zion. So come on, children, and get on the old boat and rock with me and sing on the way to glory. Well, it didn't mean it rain. Children, God's gonna send the water from Zion. He's gonna raise his heaven up. 
Until next time, keep the faith.